0: guys. How's it going? Cheers. Chappie here. Just Fantasy Chat. Just watching some NCAA basketball. You know, I am here at the Mecca of college basketball this week, and that is in Indianapolis. So um not here to talk about that tonight, though. We got some baseball to talk about. You know, I'm not going to lie to you. I got one draft left. Most of my prep work's done. So it's a little bit different perspective when you you sit down to talk about a position as important as starting pitching is and you've already done your draft. But, you know, I, I don't want to sell you guys short. I, I, I want to give you guys, um, you know, just like I have the entire time, I want to give you guys some strategy. On how to properly attack your your starting pitching position, Um, knowing what kind of league you're in, you know, setting up differently in a Roto than you would in a daily change league. Your depth or your bench size, all those sorts of things. But most importantly, I want to talk about strategy and how you draft. I've kind of alluded to this as I've gone through all these other positions, but I think it's really important to drive the, the point home. I am not of the mindset that you draft one of these top three or four pitchers in the first round. I don't think it's not it's not that I don't think they're good pitchers. I certainly do. They have elite statistics. Granted. Superior to that of those pitchers directly below them. But my argument is you're not getting a Ronald Acuna statistic back on that offensive category. You're not able to get a Juan Soto equivalent in the second or third round. I've pivoted away from pitching in every format I've been in this year because of the depth the quality, and the potential of some of these players directly below the DeGroms and the Coles uh, and the Beavers, those guys that you have to reach up to get. If you're going to reach up to get, reach up to get an offensive profile. That's my current opinion. So we're going to talk about that tonight. We're going to break down this pitching position as a silo. Um, I'm going to talk about some guys that I would spend some money on, would spend some draft capital on, and start to develop some targets for you. Now, I I have a roto draft coming up next week, and it, it's quite different. It's it's a it's it's purely a statistics draft. That isn't something that I do a whole lot of. So I've had to take a completely different approach for this draft, knowing that I have to approach it a little bit differently. So uh, the strategy that I'm going to avail you tonight isn't necessarily the strategy I'm going to take into this Roto draft next week. But it does speak to some things about it. First off, the depth of the position. Um, you know, you're looking at some guys here, specifically. So here, let me let me dress it up a little bit. I, I how I did this. I went and I got Fantasy Pros ADP. They have a nice cumulative ADP that that basically tells you um, the average draft position of all. So it's Yahoo Fantrax, RT Sports. Um, NFBC, and then the average. So it gives you a nice round number. It gives you a high. It gives you a low. So you can kind of I, – I say this every week, I know, but I think it's important to illustrate this. You know that 80% of the, of the teams that you're drafting again, against most likely are just going to be lazy, and they're going to go to that fantasy pros, or maybe they just go to fan tracks, or maybe they just go to whatever, and they're just going to pull out that ADP. And they're going to go right off of it. Why not use that to your advantage? That's the gist of this whole story, okay? But, again, so, again, that's going to be our working point. That's what we're going to go off of. And, in all honesty, when we're talking about tiers, that's where we're drawing from. Because you have to take into account that people are going to people are going to generally take those players in that area. So uh, if, if you value a Blake Snell more than, say, an Aaron Nola, knowing that Blake Snell is a 46 ADP and knowing that Aaron Nola is a 22 ADP, you can then justify by having made your list and knowing your true likes, I guess, priorities, you can go up and take Blake Snell at the end of the second round, and you could justify that saying, "I took him here because he was my whatever fourth fourth picker pitcher overall, and the market value for that sorry eighth pitcher overall, and and the market value for that eighth pitcher is the end of the second round." That's the justification in making your own list. Make sense? Just, you know, kind of to give you guys a baseline. So what I did is I went down through here. Knowing that we're pivoting away from um, that elite first-round talent, I'm not even going to talk about them. I'm not saying they're not good. I'm not saying they're not of value. They certainly are. If you get a chance to get Bieber, if you get, you know, I mean, I have Bieber in a couple um, dynasty-type leagues. And I'm ecstatic, you know, uh, but I'm just not going to go spend and pick 10, 11, 12, 13 on Shane Bieber. I'm going to get that offensive profile first. So knowing that, we're going to then attack this draft, attack this order accordingly. And we'll start out – so. I'm not going to sit here and read the ADPs to you. I don't think that's very valuable. But so you have three pitchers in the first round. You have, looks like, five pitchers in the second round and four pitchers in the third. So you're at pitcher 11. Not true. Pitcher 12, by the time you get out of the third round. I'm axing all of those. I'm not taking a pitcher before round three. So. You know, the the one guy I might consider, and this is just if I pick at the back end of the third of the third round, would be Luis Castillo. Luis Castillo, to me, would be the first pitcher I would consider. And I say that because here's a guy, his ADP is twenty-nine. Okay, so so we're into these tiers now, okay? And we're going to talk about, so when you get into these tiers, what you want to think about is not only what they've done in the past, but if you're smart, you better be looking and seeing what they're doing in spring training. Because last year was a weird year and we'd be foolish to just assume that everybody's going to come out of the gates at the same pace and at the same speed. So for me personally, I want to make sure that these guys are feeling good, that they're feeling frisky, that they're feeling spry, and they're ready to go. Chaps Fantasy Chat, Thursday nights at 8. Draft for Upsides the Network, you can find us on iLogic Media. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, StreamYard, YouTube, literally all over the place. Make sure you come back at ten. I know you guys want to talk some brackets too. We're going to talk brackets at ten o'clock. Randall and I on the OA, the other angle. Um, we're we're going to break down all of these first weekend games, and we're going to tell you who can count on being there this time next week as these games ramp back up. Like I said, I'm here in Indianapolis, so there is a lot of hype um, going on here here in this city right now. Um, but you know. I, there's equally as much hype for 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 spring training and, and getting back to normalcy with baseball and you know seeing fans in the stands. That's why it's really important to keep an eye on these spring training games, especially this year. Um, so so let's talk about some of these pitchers, Luis Castillo. You know, I, I feel like he's often underrated. He's a starting pitcher one. He has a career ten point zero ks per nine rate, and is averaging three point one four ks per every walk throughout his career. The thing I like about Castillo, he's a workhorse. he He, he throws a lot of innings, and he seems to get better as the year goes on. The what the reason why the reason why I really like Castillo, especially in the well first off, in this spot. That's why because of the you know, the end of the third round, you're you're starting to get this almost not quite a value, but let's just call it a fair value. For the type of pitcher you're getting back, it's where the pendulum starts to swing back, and you start to talk about, okay, we have we we have something that we can actually aspire to get to shoot for, right? So, look at what Castillo's done. He threw seventy innings last year. Um, again, that's about two hundred innings. That's a pace for about two hundred innings. 190 the year before, 169 the year before that. He's still just 28 years old. Um, Case per nine in the last two years, 10.7 case per nine, 11.4 last year. Controls the ball fairly well. You know, the thing for me, especially when when you look at pitchers like Castillo and you see that he plays in Cincinnati, you worry about that park. You can rest assured with Luis Castillo. Look at the last two years. His homers per nine, home runs given up per nine last year was 0. .6. And in 2019, is was 1.0. You, you certainly can live with that, especially considering you could easily see a scenario where Castillo could be pitching somewhere else. And maybe that's Yankee Stadium. Yankee Stadium is a pretty small stadium too, right? It's good to know that you have that pitcher who plays well in small ballparks. That's why, for me, I really like this young man here. Again, he's 28 years old. Um, uh, The thing that, again, I, you'll see this is a recurring theme. I, I want to keep bringing this up. What's he doing in spring training? So he had some travel issues with, um, I don't remember if it was COVID or whatever. So he was a late arrival to spring. But that said, he started off with a bang. Two innings pitched, strikeout, walk, no runs allowed. Uh, You know, here's a guy, again, you'll be happy to have in July and August and September. And he he's been really consistent. What you're looking at, when you're looking at Luis Castillo is under a 3.5 VRA, <clears throat> again around 10 K, or excuse me, between 9 and 10 Ks per 9, um a decent K to walk rate, and, and quite honestly his, his biggest appeal is standing ball games. You know, he he's one of those guys, I can't remember where I heard this, but There is pure appeal, especially at the pitching position, to having guys that are out there. Guys that go the extra inning. Guys that don't miss the start. And Castillo is that. So I really like what Castillo brings this year. If I'm sitting there looking at the third-round pick and he's still available, if I see that he drops a couple spots, I'm jumping on him. So, the next guy I want to talk about, Blake Snell. Blake Snell at 46.4. So, we're looking at, what, a fourth rounder? To me, he's undervalued here, guys. And correct me if I'm wrong. He's he's not going to have to face the Yankees. is it 17 times this year he's not gonna have to face the Blue Jays and and the and the Red Sox 18 times yeah he gets the Dodgers I I'll give you that but you'd have to think think about the ballparks too right so you're going to Yankee Stadium to pitch you're going to Rogers well Hopefully, Rogers centers to pitch, which is a notoriously hitter-friendly park. You're going to to Fenway, where you have the green monster that's a doubles machine in the short porch um, down right field. There's a lot of appealing aspects to Blake Snell. Moving to the left coast. Moving to a team that's not going to penny pinch. I mean, that's a big deal, too, Right? How about he's going to face pitchers this year? That's a big deal. So there's all these positives for me that add up with Blake Snell. And when you're talking about a fourth-round pick and a guy who has the potential to be the front end of your staff, guys, he's one Cy Young. He won a Cy Young Award. 2018, he was 21 and 5 with a 1.89 ERA. Yeah, he's been a little consistent, inconsistent. I'll give you that. But he's still got a career 10 and a half Ks per nine. And he's done so against the Aaron Judges and Giancarlo Stanton's and you know, JD Martinez's and of the world. Again, I understand he's got to face the Dodgers, but you look at the rest of that division, it doesn't actually you know, give you cold chills thinking about it, right? There are a lot of secondary positives when you start thinking about Blake Snell. I love the fact that he's kind of a perfectionist. Talked about. I was listening to an article or to an interview the other night. He's talking about he's a sore loser. That's why he competes so hard because he doesn't like to lose. They asked him. I. I they asked him, does he talk smack to the pitchers because he faces live BP? Does he talk smack to the pitchers or to the hitters when they're when he's facing them in BP? He said, no, I don't like to do that. We're we're both kind of professionals. And it gets kind of personal for me. I, I don't, you know. So, yeah, I like having someone with that grit, with that edge. He's looked sharp this spring. 4 to 1 K to walk ratio. Hasn't pitched a whole lot yet. But I like I, I like where he's at mentally. He talked in an article about how he, his goals that he set were really unique. He said he wanted to focus more and work harder, understand myself, put myself in an opportunity to win. Fourth rounder, guys. Fourth rounder. Value. Blake Snow. Odell tonight. Odox brought to you by Citywide Liquor. Citywide Liquor in Mishawaka, Indiana. The place to go when your spirits are low. Uh, Thanks to my cousin Patrick. Always hooks me up with the best bourbon. Really appreciate what he does. Tyler Glass now. ADP of 52. Like Snell. He's got Cy Young stuff. Unlike Snell he's not put it together for an entire season. He can be as dominating as any pitcher in the game. Over the past 2 years he's 11 and 2 with a 2.90 ERA and a 12.7 K's per 9. You're talking about getting these statistics in the 5th or 6th round if he stay i know it's a big if if he stays healthy he can be a first-round pitcher that you're getting 5 rounds later that's what we're trying to do here this is the perfect pitcher to target there is a fair amount of risk he suffered a bit of injury He's also suffered some regression when he was with the Pirates. I'm pretty confident he's past that, though. First off, the Rays know how to develop players. And I know I say that all the time, but it's true. It's not false. I love that he's. He's working on a new pitch. He's hit triple digit. He hit triple digit four times on the radar gun in his first outing. But more importantly, he said he had better command on his pitches. He was able to hit spots. That's what changes a good pitcher to a great pitcher. He's added this slider-cutter pitch to his repertoire. So he's before his fastball, curveball changeup. But what he says is this slider-cutter adds another plane that he didn't have before. And he talked about last year struggling with command. Command is different from control. Command is placing it in the strikes and command on his curveball. He says he feels like he has much better command on this slider cutter than he did on the curveball. So a, a lot of good things I'm hearing. He's throwing 100 miles an hour. He's pain-free. He's got a new pitch. I love Tyler Glass now. I love him even more in the fifth round. Lance Lynn. 52.2 ADP. Same round. So, back for an example. What's stopping you from... Going out and in the fourth round, picking up Lance Lynn. And in the fifth round, coming back and getting Tyler Glass down. Does that solve your problem? Then you got three picks at the top to get your elite offensive profiles. And come back with those two aces in the fifth and sixth round. I love Lance Lynn. I've been a big fan of his for a while. He's an old-school pitcher. He's a true workhorse. He's the epitome of what a pitcher used to look like. He's he's also been superimposed into one of the best teams in the league. Going over the White Sox, he kind of forms one heck of a one-two punch with Lucas Giolito. And by design... Those two could win a lot of games. And then you throw in the fact that he has these elite numbers. Sneaky elite numbers. Because I think a lot of people, when you think about Lance Lynn, you don't think elite pitcher. You might think pretty good pitcher. But you don't think elite pitcher. You're looking at a career, nine years, career 357 ERA. Career 8.9 Ks per nine, and career 2.67 Ks for walk. Now, you look at his last three years. Ks per nine, 10.1, 10.6, 9.5. Case per one, so four to one is really good. Four cases per every walk is a good ratio. Last three years, four three six, four one seven, three five six, in the shortened year. Now, throw in that he's gonna be on a team that's. So from Texas to the White Sox. It's a big jump. <clears throat> He's gonna have better pitching things He's gonna have a better bullpen, less leads blown, better offense. Hey, better defense. But here's the thing, guys. Lanson do not care about doesn't care about any of that. Give him the ball, let him go out, let him pitch. (laughs) Guys, he was mad the other day. (laughs) I think he went four or five innings, was cruising. He got mad at the coach for bringing him out in spring training. I don't see a scenario where this guy doesn't give you starting pitcher one statistics again in the fifth round. All of those guys that I just mentioned, to me, are comparable to what you're getting out of Bieber, Cole, or DeGrom. Four rounds later. There are a lot of good, again, I said it before, there's 12 pitchers between here and there. I skipped over a lot of, I tripped, I skipped over Bauer, Darvish, Giolito, Bueller, Nola, Scherzer. I did that on purpose. I see no sense. There's absolutely no differentiation between Lucas Giolito and Lance Lynn, Between Aaron Nola and Luis Castillo. I'll say it. Between you, Darvish, and Tyler Glaston. You're getting you, Darvish, at pick 18. Are you kidding me? As bad as he was? You're going to take a second-round pick on you, Darvish? I can't do it, guys. There's too much risk there. Giolito is the one guy, but he has risk as well. He had a couple really not, not, not too good years there, right? So I really like this. So to start off, I like this 10 through what? 18 tier to start picking off these pitchers. The next tier I want to talk about, though, is when you really want to start building up, building up your 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 cabinet, so to speak, because when you get down around ADP 77, let me get to it. Yeah, so from 66 to 106. Is the next grouping, and there's some potholes here, guys. People are going to step in these potholes. First picture on that list, Carlos Carrasco, sixty-six point two. Pothole. Second picture on that list, Sunny Gray. Pothole. River City, thank you. Um, so the question is, what is the latest you could take your first starter? Uh, again, I, I for me, for me, I am going into I am going into drafts and I am targeting right around that Tyler Glass now. So Blake Snell, Tyler Glass now, Lance Lynn to me is the last aces. I want one of those guys, and then I'm going to try and you really want two of those guys, right? So you're looking at ADP, what, 50, 45 to 52? But, again, you want to target these guys. Um, This next tier, though, you can get real good value here, and you can start really building up. Thanks for the question, River City, River City Media. Randall, appreciate you, bro. Guys. Uh, Chap's Fantasy chat. You can find me on Streamyard. You can also find me on Facebook, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Twitcher. I think that's it. All over the place. Jeff Rupside's the uh, the sponsor, and iLogic Media is the the, the platform. So if you got questions um, and it doesn't come through on Streamyard, I will definitely answer you after the after the podcast. So so let's talk about this grouping, though. So we talked about some potholes. We talked about, you know, how um, Carrasco's got, I think, shoulder. Sonny Gray's got back. Guys, I don't know about you. I can't do Zach Lee's Zach. After his pompous behavior, I just, I mean, I like him. He's, He's a good enough pitcher. But the guy who I'm targeting first in this group, Max Freed at 77.4. You know, I, the thing about Freed is so the last two years, he's been phenomenal. 24 and 6, 357 ERA, 9.1 Ks per nine. Let's be honest, he's a sneaky starting pitcher one. I mean, he's doing it on a team, too, that they have a great offense. They've got a great staff. The reason why I like Max Free, he's a perfectionist. What is it? Charlie Montoya tells this story about how uh, Max Free calls him up in the offseason and says, Coach, I think I found this – whatever. New pitch or new delivery or new approach, whatever it was. And Montoya says it was like, it was like, I don't know, December or whatever. And he's not even thinking about baseball. And he knows he knows that you know Max Fried is taking this seriously and always working on getting better. It, it showed last year. And, and so first off, let's let's take a few looks um, at baseball savant. So. Last year, Freed had um, a 92nd percentile barrel rate at 3.3%. Elite, his exit velocity was in the 98th percentile. Hard hit was the top 2% of the league. Freed had a breakthrough year last year. And it largely went unnoticed. But the thing about it is, these numbers suggest it's repeatable. Barrel percentage. Top 8%. To me, that says they're not hitting the ball squarely. Exit velocity. 98th percentile hitting it. They're not squaring it up. So it tells me that this guy in the seventh round has potential to improve upon these low end starting pitcher one numbers from the last two years. He's done it now not two full years obviously. There was a shortened year last year. But he's done it the last two seasons. Freed is your perfect starting pitcher too. He would pair nicely, nicely with Tyler Glass now. So whereas you can wait on your pitcher a few rounds, you want to you want to double tap him to get that really good second pitcher. Zach Grinky, I want to talk about. ADP at 97.8. Now a lot's being asked to Grinky. He's basically being asked to do his best, just a Verlander impression. But look, if anybody can do that. It's Zach Greinke. You're talking about a guy who's about as detail-oriented as it gets, who's about as um, attention to the small things as it gets. We're talking about a guy who has a career 337 ERA in his 18th season. A career four-to-one walk-to-K rate, or K-to-walk rate. Career. Over 18 years. That's impressive stuff. The thing I love most, when you go to look up spring training events on Zach Greinke, you know what you hear, you know what you read. Business as usual. You don't hear a darn thing. You hear these stupid, flipping stories of his quirky personality. You hear these stories about how the catchers think he's a different breed. Blah, blah, who cares? I love it. The thing we get with Zach Greinke is elite whip, elite ERA, win-loss statistics. You're going to miss just a touch in your case per nine. 8.2 last year, case per nine. But everything else is going to be starting pitcher one, and that's what you're really looking for. Some other guys I don't necessarily trust as much in this position, in this category, um, Kyle Hendricks, Ian Anderson, Chris Paddock, Jose Luzardo, or excuse me, Jesus Lazardo. I don't trust these guys as much because at this point, I need consistency. All of those guys, with the exception of Hendricks, and even even he's been a little bit inconsistent, need to show me that next level of, hey, I'm there. I can take the ball. I will be effective. Guys, make sure to come back at 10. OA, the other angle, Champion RC. I tell you, we're going to talk a lot about – we're going to talk about some pitching. We're going to talk about closing a little bit tonight. Um, But we're also going to talk about some value pitchers. And we're going to break down all of these um, NCAA tournament first round matchups. We're going to tell you who's going to be left standing next weekend when we meet again. Um, so, you know, please make sure and check that out. Check out all of our stuff on Draft for Upside. If you like what you hear, hit like, subscribe, whether you're on YouTube or, you know, Chaps Fantasy Sports Group, um, Draft for Upside, wherever you are, um, make sure and support the content. I work hard to bring this to you and, and really, you know, it's fun. I love to do it. Um, but I hope you guys enjoy it as well. So, the next natural tier is some of the guys that I like from the hundreds ADP. Um, First, I want to talk about being able to be flexible. Because you have to use – if you're going to sit there and and cherry-pick statistics – from spring training, about positive cases, about guys that are doing well. You better be willing to admit you're wrong on guys when things aren't pointing in the right direction. That's the, the biggest part of that exercise, right? Who am I talking about? I'm talking about Julio Urius, ADP of 119. So in a 12-team league, you're talking about a 10th-round pick on Julio Arias. I love Julio Arias. I think he's a great pitcher. I've been a big fan of his for, I I don't know, it seems like he's been in the league for 42 years now. I know he's, what, like 23 years old. But you got to understand what's going on in L.A. What's going on with the Dodgers? The Dodgers are one of the few teams that really has an embarrassment of riches. and. You know, bringing in Trevor Bauer, that's a great sign. But it's not good for Julio Arias. Because now, instead of having that four position all all wrapped up, he gets slotted down, and now he's competing with some really good pitchers in the starting rotation. So you're looking at Kershaw, you're looking at Bueller, you're looking at Bauer, and you're looking at Price. As one through four. Four really good pitchers. Now you're competing against Dustin May. For that fifth rotation spot. And again. The articles that I read. Julio Arias is losing ground to Dustin May. Julio Arias still waiting on clarity and roll for the Dodgers rotation. Arias clearly isn't a lock to start up uh, or to to be a starting pitcher in the Dodger rotation. Look, you can go and invest the 10th round pick in Julio Arias. I'm suggesting you do not. And, you know, in years past, I've kind of been a little cocky, a little arrogant and said, I, I'll wait. I can wait for him to come around. The fact is, he's not going to give you the numbers even when he does come around. Say he starts the second half of the year, he's not going to give you this huge you know, 14 Ks per nine that's going to put him over the top. He's just going to slot in as another starter. So if you're looking at a guy like Julio Urias in the 10th round, and you see those stats, and you see those news articles, why not pivot away? Go after a guy like Joe Musgrove instead? Joe Musgrove, to me guys is is where it's at he He's the one that he's the one that is really um has a a lot of breakout potential. Look at look at um where he's been and you know it's one of those things where he he's physically imposing, right? He's he's one of those guys that at six five two two thirty at six five two thirty. He's a big dude on the mound. And when he's pitching downhill, he's tough for pitchers to see. But then throwing on top of that, his work ethic, his attention to detail. And this is kind of the underlying theme of all these guys that I'm targeting, right? 128.8, you're talking about an 11th round pick. He goes from a team, <clears throat> so this he's improved his supporting rotation, right? The, the pitchers pitching in front of behind him are better. The bullpen's better. The offense is better. The defense is better. His attitude is better. Just like I said earlier, there's a whole lot of positives going on here. And then you throw in the fact that there's a few points that are easy to point to for a sharp improvement. Huh. Drake beat Wichita State for a sharp improvement from last year to this year, and then from this year on. Again, at six five two thirty. I, I've seen Musker multiple times here in Indy and in Pittsburgh. He throws a hard ball. It's tough to square up. His K rate went up from 2019 to 2020 from 21 to 34%. His whiff rate on his curveball. Went from 39% to 51% from 2019 to 2020. That's something you can point your finger at, guys. And again, throw in the fact that Big Joe is a perfectionist, that he is always working on his craft. This could be a breakout player of the year. This could be the best pitcher that San Diego acquired in the offseason. I'll say that again. Joe Musgrove could be the best pitcher that San Diego acquired in the offseason. Dead face. I'm serious. They interviewed him the other day. This man was giddy. He talked about everything. He talked about Austin He talked about Trent Grisham. He talked about the bullpen. He talked about everybody in his uh, on his team. He is so excited to be on a competing team. Guys, I got to speed it up. I do want to talk about, though, real quick. Um, Sandy Alcantara at 140. Only 25 years old. Really like him at 140. Already has been given the moniker of leader, of mentor. Miami's got a really good young staff. And it all stops and start with Alcantara. It's got a second opening day start. Um, positives and negatives there. He's going to be going against Max Scherzer. He's going to be going against um, Jacob DeGrom a lot. But Miami's young pitching staff is really good. Miami's pitching staff in general is really good. And this kid's kind of... He, I don't know about you guys, but to me, he's got a little Jose Fernandez in him. High 90s fastball. Sinker. Also in the high 90s. Does a changeup and a curveball. Slider's this other big pitch. So it's four seamer, sinker, slider. Um, really like him on this young Marlin pitching staff. 140. We're talking about a situation where he could be, um, he could be drafted a lot higher next year. Two more guys I want to talk about. I, I really like, um, I really like Shohei Otani at 172. I know I've talked about him a lot um, in, in past shows, but I think it's important just just to kind of nail down. He's throwing 100 miles an hour in spring training, and I get it. I, I know that it's just spring training, um, but it's not just spring training. Seeing him healthy, seeing him out on the field, and you know participating fully in the drills that he's expected to participate in is something that, again, at 172, when you think back to when he first came over, he was a true starting pitcher one. Um, Especially if you're in a daily change league where you you can use him both in the field and as a pitcher, this guy's a tremendous value. Uh, he he really could win your league, especially at this rate or at this um, draft value because he could give you 150 innings and 400 at-bats. He could hit you with 30 homers. Sorry, came on He could hit you 30 homers. And strike out 200 batters. I mean, he's that kind of potential. Not many people can say that. No, I know that's a little bit far-fledged. But is it? Is it really? When you talking about Shohei Ohtani at pick 170, 172, you're talking about extreme value. And that's just for him as a pitcher. If you're if you are fortuitous enough to play in a league where you have changeability, a daily change type league, he's worth much more than that. Last guy I want to talk about cuz I want to eat. Coming back at 10. Make sure you come back at 10. Oh the other angle, Champion RC. Love this show. We talk about whatever the heck we want. We are going to talk some more about pitching. We're going to talk some more about some of these guys we haven't talked about. But we're also going to break down your brackets. Um, We're going to set you up with a winning schedule to get through this first weekend. We're going to give you some good bets. We're going to give you um, current events, what's happened, and and just have a good time with it. So we'll get you all set up for this first weekend. Um, But before I go, I want to talk about Tyler Molly, ADP of 182. To me, this guy is Sonny Gray when the Reds trade Sonny Gray. <laughs> you want to talk about an improvement. Um, I've known about this guy since he was a minor league pitcher. So, one of those guys that um, kind of has some folklore ability to him. Heard about him from a buddy at work who's a big Reds fan who goes to the minor league games. You know, Pittsburgh's minor league teams here in Indy. So, there's a lot of. Louisville's, um, Cincinnati's Triple A team, so they play a lot. Talking about this this Mali kid and, and how good he was as, as a pitcher, and I looked, and he's not a very high draft pick and not a highly touted prospect, but um, boy, he sh- he sure lived up to the height. He showed he showed a fast improvement from twenty nineteen to twenty twenty. Um the the biggest for me was the improvement in case per 9. He went in 2019 for, as a well, as a second year player, 9 case per 9, 9.0 to last year 11.3. Um he was able to minimize his home runs per 9 from 1.7 to 1.1. That's significant in Great American Ballpark. But the most important thing is he shaved the point and a half off of his ERA. He had a 3.59 ERA last year and 10 starts, 9 starts, excuse me. We're talking about a guy who seems to be growing into his role as as the workhorse for the Reds. And, and yes, he's not necessarily going to be the shiniest toy on the shelf. Never will be. But if you're talking about a guy who's going to strike out 11 batters per nine. And he's going to throw a lot of innings. So, innings pitch last year, 40 sets. So, you're looking, nah, that, that's not a great example. He pitched 129. In 2019, so he's going to kind of continue to grow into that role. You, you kind of want to see him around 180. You're looking at a sneaky value. Guys, I got to jump off here. I got some pizza. I'm getting ready to eat. Come back in an hour, though. The other angle, OA, Chappie and R.C., Chess Fantasy Chats brought to you Thursday nights at 8 on Draft for Upside. Draft for Upside can be find, found a number of places, but iLogic Media is where to find us. Find us on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, all kinds of other platforms. Hope you guys appreciated that this content. If you did, please hit like, subscribe so you get notifications when fresh content comes out. Good luck in your drafts. I hope I've given you some help as far as pitching goes and strategy in terms of pitching. Um, Check back in an hour, guys. Thanks for everything. Good night.